Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 106 of the Scallion Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. And I'm Chris Coleman. Oh, repeat guest. Yay. Do you feel honored that you're a repeat? I think you're our first repeat chef. What? Yeah, I know. Big deal. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I'd like to thank um, the Academy. Yes. I'd like to thank uh, not only God, but Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Justin Bieber quote. (laughs) We're a big, what are the people called that are fans of Justin Bieber? Beavers? Beaver Beavers? So if you ever go to the pump house, they have... Have you ever been to the pump house? Yeah, once. So on the they have a Justin Beaver, but it's Uh, a stuffed beaver, and they just call it Justin Beaver. Uh, So we got Chris here. Last time he was here, he was working for Stoke, and uh, he just had a secret deep inside (laughs) him that he didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Until Um, until uh, now, but before we get into that, you've you've texted me a few times. Let's. Why don't you give us a little history of the Charlotte food scene? Uh, Set the record straight because little Jason here doesn't know what what he's talking about. Well, where do you think that the modern Charlotte food scene started? Where do I think it started? Or who Uh, did it start with? I think, and we talked a little. Paul touched on this a little bit, and and move the mic a little bit. Okay, uh, there you go. Paul touched a little bit on this, and. Uh, his episode of the Sky and Pancake podcast, but I mean Tim Grudy started it all started it all with the Farm Report movement. Um, okay, now who is who is Tim? So Tim um, was a chef. He was at Sonoma, which is where King's Kitchen is. Yeah, uh, and then he went to Mimosa for a little bit, um, and then he left Mimosa and did some um, consulting stuff and opened up Flatiron Kitchen in Davidson. And then opened up uh, the fork, and oh, so Cornelius. he had fork. Yeah, so he was the fork and guy. ramen soul up in Morrisville. And he just fantastic. closed fork. He closed ramen soul and fork in the last six months. So what is he doing now? He just took over at Stoke. Oh, yeah. wow! Full circle. So, I didn't um, even plan this. Yeah. So wow. And this was back in like the How amazing late '90s that he, uh, or maybe mid '90s that he started sourcing local food for his restaurants when no one else was doing it. So I feel like that's kind of, you know, marker one of Charlotte food history. Okay. Um, marker two, I think, is when um, Luca was doing Passion 8. Yeah. Um, At the brothel. Yeah. And then shortly after, Paul did Heritage, and Clark opened up at Heirloom, and we opened Asbury. I think that was kind of like uh, marker two, because it was, seemed like there was a year where... It was something like a dozen restaurants that got like regional recognition opened up within that year. So that that was like marker two. And I think that we're with what Greg and Soul Food Sessions is doing is like marker three. So and with Mike at uh, Bardo and you know Joe and Katie and the Empire they're building in Davidson. I think that's this is like marker three right here. So where we're going to get national attention. Fingers crossed. Okay. <laughs> so, so we we had to start with the obvious question: Is why did you leave Stoke? Um, this is a great opportunity. Goodyear House is a great opportunity. That's the number one reason. Um, I love all the people at Stoke, and I wish them the best. Um, there was no like ill feelings at all. There was. So, did you help like get Tim into Stoke? I'd like to think I did. <laughs> um, he, uh, I believe that he. So, I gave my notice. Um, they made the announcement um, 
about a week and a half into my month notice uh, that I was going to be leaving so that they could open up the position. Because if you open up the position before they announce the chef's leaving, then it gets a little yeah, we awkward, are. right? <laughs> um, so uh, right after I, they, they posted the position, I think Tim um, applied. And so Seamus asked if I knew who Tim Grudy was. And I was like, dude, you've got to land Tim Grudy. If you can land Tim Grudy, you're like killing the game before you, and you don't even know it. Um, so, you know, we, I spoke with Tim a couple times, gave him some pointers, uh, talked with him about um, just what they were looking for in their um, taste testing thing where you have to go in and cook for them. Um, we talked for like an hour that day on, you know, what he should cook or who he should be cooking for, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I'd like to think I helped. That's I when think you I did. got him the job, but so when he you got look, himself the job. When you look back on your time at Stoke, mm-hmm. what what are you most proud of? Um, I'm proud that we kind of did what we set out to do there. I mean, we wanted to open up a restaurant in a Marriott hotel that was significant. Um, and I think Stoke is significant. I don't think I still don't think Stoke gets the recognition that it deserves. Um, I don't think it ever got the recognition. It really yeah, I agree. It was. Um, I mean, I think it was top it five was or sits on the Scallion Pantry <laughs> top yeah. twenty-five list. I don't know what you mean by no recognition. <laughs> well, we we had Scallion Pancake. <laughs> yeah, which is huge. And um, is and there really anybody else in yeah, town? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> no, I just you know, I, I it still it still bothers me from time to time when I when I read people just like simple Facebook posts about like. We're going to a show. Where should we go to eat? And everyone oh, says, yeah. like, everywhere else in town but Stoke. And I'm like, Stoke is is good. It's like a block away from the arena. Like, yeah. What else do you want? And, and they have free parking. So what else do you want? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that still gets under my skin, and I don't even work there anymore. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the team that we built there. I had the, our opening team at Stoke was the best group of cooks that I've ever worked with in my life, hands down. Um, one of them is now a sous chef at Kindred. One of them is um, a sous chef at Obstinate Daughter in Charleston. Uh, one of them's a sous chef at a spot up in Jersey. One of them's gonna come be my sous chef at Goodyear House. So, And then one is running um, the Premland Resort up in Virginia. Um, so like stellar, yeah, I've heard Obstinate Daughter is yeah. like the new place you gotta go. Oh, that's, it's, they've been open for a few years, but that's, that's my favorite restaurant, like on earth. Maybe you told me that. Ever. Yeah, we best restaurant it. ever. So, best restaurant ever. I think so. Coleman. They should put that on the menu, like at the bottom. Yeah, and then or at least be, their website. People would be like, "Who's uh, who's Chris Coleman? Who's Chris Coleman?" <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to know that though. Yeah, that's true. They'll, they'll Google it, and it'll be that guy that like killed his wife and family. So, <laughs> like. English is this foreshadowing? Guy. Well, it's okay. like a rugby guy. You're like, yeah. Oh, you have a, there's a doppel. Yeah, if you Google you're... Chris Coleman, it's like this rugby player from Australia. Who killed or himself. England, who, or like, killed, killed his family. Killed his family or something. More no relation to you. I don't, maybe different. <laughs> I don't know. You've never killed your wife and kids? Um, not to my knowledge. Okay, good. We just had to get that out there. Okay, before we get to the house, a couple things. So when we went to Stoke, the last couple times you had a catfish yeah. thing for a restaurant week that I wasn't. So I love the pork belly. Like that was right. one of my favorite dishes in Charlotte. So I came there and then you served, you just brought out 
a little catfish, and then you had whatever was on the bottom of it. Yeah. It tasted like it was like a creamy cheese taste. It had no cheese in it. No and I was like, this is freaking delicious. And yeah. I'm hoping that made something good to your house <laughs> menu. It, it might make it, um, once we get like fully into the dead of winter, it's kind of like a nice yeah. comfort dish. But it was a uh, white acre uh, peas from Anson Mills, um, cooked in a lobster stock. Had a little bit of this um, crab and soya paste in it that we get from the Super G Mart. And a little bit of kimchi, um, that we made out of ramps um, in there and um, some uh, chili oil over the top. So it was so it good. was funky from the the ramp kimchi and then that that crab soy. Yeah, paste. So it was pretty freaking amazing. It's good. It might make a might make a list for me this year. Um, no. When you go to Super G Mart, are you just yeah. confused on the promise of freshness? <laughs> <laughs> um, like like, do you know so? I'm not a super G um, devotee like um, some other people. My but, one of my sous chefs, who, who's going to be a good year, is um, a major fan of super G and goes all the time. So he's the one who's turned me on to all this stuff. His name's Tyler Long. Um, he's turned me on to the crab and soya paste. He's the one who's really big into fermenting and pickling and has turned me on to a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Because you walk in there and it's like they've got shit you've never even seen. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, and, I love going to any of those. I hate the term, but ethnic marts. I love going yeah. to any of those, um, you know, Asian or Hispanic um, stores. Or there's a great um, like Middle Eastern um, Indian store on um, South uh, South Boulevard. It's it might be it might even be called Halal Mart or something like that. But it's it's fantastic. Same thing. I mean, you walk in and you can't read half the labels and you don't know what they are. But because you're a big Aleppo chili guy, right? Yeah, huge. Yeah. And that's that's Middle Eastern, yeah, Aleppo, Syria, Syria. Syria. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Okay, so how did you get the opportunity at Goodyear House? So it seemed like you were pretty happy at Stoke. Were you looking for other places, or were you? I was looking on the back burner, to be completely honest. Um, so one of my partners in Goodyear is Sean Potter, who was our opening um, front of house director at Stoke. Um, he left. Uh, back at the beginning of January, um, beginning of this year. Um, so he and I had, you know, eight months, a year into opening Stoke. We said, okay, this probably isn't going to be our long-term gig for either one of us. Um, so what else do we want to do? We liked working with each other. So we, we started looking just very um, nonchalantly, very casually at properties we started talking about a type of restaurant we would want to open together um and it wasn't anything we were seriously like okay this has to happen in six months it was just like if something hits us we should maybe explore it a little bit further um and we had a broker helping us look for spots and he actually introduced us to the goodyear house he introduced us to aj Kling. so this wasn't going to be a place that we could go in and lease or go in and buy um, because it was already an established project that was people were working on. Um, but at the time, it was literally just the original mill house, and they had paved um, the back for the, the outdoor bar that we're going to have. And that's it. And he was still working on getting you know, his SBA loan approved and kind of getting stuff into place. But we read over the business plan. Um, we loved the idea of it. And uh, 
but neither one of us committed to it right off the bat. And um, he still emailed us to get some ideas, to get some uh, kind of free consulting almost. We're like, hey, we're, we're thinking about doing this. What do you guys think? Do you think that would work or not? Um, because we just thought it was going to be a cool project um, right in the heart of Noda, um, this cool old mill house that's going to be transformed. Um, and I think that after a while, it just became apparent, like, if we're going to keep giving you all this advice, maybe we should jump in and get, like, really get involved. So, you know, I actually recorded the pod the last time with you guys in May, um, and I signed the beginning of, end of June. So I already knew when I recorded it the, the pod works. that it was, uh, it was probably going to happen, but... You um, kept it away from us, and it's okay. Yeah, well... Something seemed to be secret. Yeah, sorry. I still love you. <laughs> You're still my favorite. That's why. That's why Yvonne's not here. She's yeah. just very upset. She's mad at me. I brought saltines. She, yeah. she missed out. If she knew about the saltines, she'd be here. Um, you, you did bring some nice snacks, which we I am snacking on. Cool. Um, so, if you come on the pod, by the way, it's okay to bring snacks. Yeah, encouraged. It's encouraged. Yeah. I think I got shamed a little last time for not bringing a giant donut. Yeah, it's you, and you and said I, you were going to, and that's uh, so. Is this is the donut going off the menu? Is that like your thing, or is it staying on? I don't know what Tim's going to do with it. I, I assume they'll keep it around. It's like the number one. Yeah. giant donut in Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one any, of two, yeah. Is there? What's the other Suarez one? Suarez has a like Texas-sized donut. That's oh, massive. Not as good, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, that no, I, I I'm interested to see what Chef Grudy does at Stoke. What he keeps around, what he what he changes. His style is similar to mine in that we source from a lot of the same purveyors. Um, I think that his style seems to be a bit more. Um, sometimes light and fresh where he doesn't do a lot to the ingredients yeah. um, which is awesome um, he's learned restraint and that's something I'm still trying to teach myself sometimes so yeah he uh, we went to Fork once Fork with an exclamation point right it was like Fork uh, yeah it was like um, fun with a period <laughs> one of my favorite bands uh, I really liked it there yeah but it kind of was in a little house right and you didn't really know what was going on and you walked in there and you're like oh this is good but it was yeah. kind of surprising in a good way yeah so yeah so I'll, you know we'll see what he keeps around and what he okay so you're so you signed on with did your house mm-hmm. so what in in one sentence what's the concept of did your house um fun approachable neighborhood spot with fantastic food and great service and that's it that's one sentence that was might have been a slight run on but we'll take it yeah so so is it so it's gonna be how what type of food would you describe it as i think it's gonna be um very similar to what the style of stoke was um but so so toned back a bit so So would you say the style so it was like modern southern that's what it's always been described as. Um, and I like modern Southern a lot better than like a modern American. Cause at least we're, we're toning, we're like trimming it down to one. Yeah. Region. Well, I mean, um, cause you were very, I mean, you sourced most of your local ingredients right. from around yeah. Charlotte. Right. And I'll still continue to work with the same farmers and friends, um, that I've worked with since McNinch house really. Um, you know, there's, 
I just rambled on a minute ago about ramp kimchi and yeah. um, crab and soya paste and stuff. And so we, you know, I, and Aleppo chilies, you know, that was yeah. brought up. So you're like so I love, you know, international um, cuisine, probably more than American cuisine, honestly. Um, but I realize who I am. And the story that I'm telling is, you know, a boy who grew up in Charlotte and now runs restaurants or opens opening a restaurant in Charlotte. Um, I can't probably open a noodle house because it wouldn't be authentic to who I am. Um, yeah. But I can open up a great restaurant that has some nods to some international cuisines that I love. Um, and honestly, you can sneak in so many cool things that add flavor and depth and character to a dish that if you didn't use it, it would be a little a little flat, a little one note. Yeah. Well, I think kind of the modern cooking scene in general is taking, you know, information gets passed so fast around the world. Right. Like you can, like, look at a chef, like, you can look at, like, Rene Redzepi at Noma right. and see what he's doing. Yeah. And you can take some of that inspiration, like, add it to your southern dishes right. and make it your own and and that's i mean when you think of southern food southern food really is that's a hodgepodge uh, yeah it's like, africa it's, it's africa it's european settlers yeah. it's um you know uh hispanic influence with like the spanish conquistadors in florida kind of traveling yeah. up and then french canadian cuisine as it moved down into new orleans i mean it's um it really is a melting pot so you know, yeah, I guess we're just taking that idea and expanding upon it a little bit further. Yeah. Um, the base of the menu is going to be lots of American classics. Um, like? But just modernized a bit. So, um, you know, we're, we're playing around with our fried chicken recipe. We're smoking. I've been smoking a ton of beef ribs and braising beef ribs and stuff a lot lately as a play on, like, a pot roast. Um, you know... We're gonna have a great burger. We're we're gonna have a grilled cheese on the menu, but it's this cream collard green grilled cheese that's gonna be delicious. Um, but then we also recognize where we're where we're at and the the community that we want to serve is our own. Um, we want anyone and everyone to come eat with us, but you know we're a Noda um, restaurant and we want to really serve the residents of Noda. Um, so we're asking questions about what they want to eat and and kind of learning who. Lizard so what do they there. say they want? You know, um, they want fresh options. They also want steaks because there's no, like, steakhouse over there. But then on the other hand, they want vegan food. Um, and there's a lot of places <laughs> over like there. Sounds like they don't know what they want. <laughs> well, I think, the, I think what it is is just Noda is such a cool community and that you've got so many different demographics that live in one area. Um, and every restaurant over there does a great job and has one or two vegan dishes um, I think Food at Salud does the best with just, they did a ton of vegan stuff. But, you know, Heist has like a um, stir fry. And Haberdish has their like cauliflower steak. Um, but that's, they, they each offer one dish. And so we're saying what, we're going to have a vegan, um, a couple of vegan appetizers, a couple of vegan entrees, and a vegan dessert that's actually probably my favorite dessert on our menu. Which right is, can you, can you say so it? It's uh it's still under development, but we've got it like 90% dialed in. Um, it's a mashup of uh, pineapple upside down cake, uh, tres leches, oh. and um, Japanese mochi butter cake. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so it's, wow. yeah, it's all over the place. Is that even um, real life? Well, the idea first was um, 
that we wanted to do. I think you had a pineapple upside down cake at Stoke. Did you not? No, that wasn't wasn't me. Did I make that up? You might have made I it made up. it up. It's Sorry, cool. I'll, I'll edit um, that out. I grew up I eating um, pineapple upside down cakes at you know church potlucks and that kind of stuff. And I love Tris Leche's cake too because it's yeah so moist. spongy and moist and delicious. And um, you know you're eating basically cream with enough <laughs> flour and butter baked uh, to, to hold it together. Um, so we were playing around with that idea, and I love the idea of um, substituting coconut milk for the tres leches because then you have this pineapple coconut thing going together, and it's very like Hawaiian and um, tropical, and it makes me think of the beach. Um, my other, uh, I mentioned Tyler, but my other sous chef, Rocky, um, she makes really good mochi butter cake. And so she's like, well, what if we did that instead of a regular cake so then it's gluten-free? Um, so... Um, a second ago, I said this was going to be vegan. It's not vegan, but it's gluten-free. We're going to have a vegan dessert, too. Um, but this gluten-free pineapple upside-down dress leches mochi cake is It sounds really fantastic. good. So. I hope we didn't get invited to the opening. Oh, the the so. family. I don't know who we had to talk to about that, but yeah. I'll try that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what else are you excited about? Um, I'm excited about everything, honestly, man. The food is uh, delicious. The the two things that I think have excited me the most that we've made, um, one was our, our vegan mac and cheese um, made with a uh, house-made smoked cashew cheese, oh. um, nutritional yeast, lemon and garlic. It's really simple. Uh, it tastes like a smoked Gouda mac and cheese. Um, it's It's phenomenal it's so good and then the second thing was another pasta i'm the fat kid and i love pasta um we're doing a um you need to gain a little more weight to be called a fat kid yeah well i'm trying to lose a little bit more weight but anyway um there used to be a bar in noda that i hung out at when i was in high school um because they served underage kids um it was called fat city um, Bob Peters actually was a bartender there. Oh, when I hung that's what out he there. was talking about. Yeah. yeah, he was like, no one would ever come in here. Yep. Um, <laughs> I guess you did. So well, it was a rock and roll club, and um, I was in a punk band in high school. So we hung out there to be around all the other like punks, and uh, we played there a few times. And then Bob and the rest of the bartenders would serve us PBRs and stuff, and we're like seventeen years old. Um, I don't think my parents will listen to this. I'm going to have to scold Bob for this. (laughs) Bob, why did you not check? Right. Check IDs, guys. Yeah. That's Um, screwed up. Well, so Fat City closed. Uh, (laughs) But, um, you know. By the cops. (laughs) Right. I wanted to do an homage to them on the menu, so we're going to have a um, rotating pasta dish called Fat City Noodles, and it's hand-torn pasta, so we get pasta sheets and we're tearing them into regular kind of fat noodles by hand. Um, so our opening uh, version is going to be butternut squash, some roasted tomatoes, uh, capers, lemon butter, and a lot of um, Parmigiano-Reggiano. So very oh. simple, very, very simple, but insanely delicious. That sounds good. I'm excited. So do we have a rough opening? We're hoping um, mid to late October. It's like just in time for uh, Halloween. 
Yeah. Maybe we'll have a, maybe you'll do a friends and family Halloween <laughs> thing. That's, that's perfect for Noda. So they that idea has actually already been pitched. It's like, what if we, if we're going to open around that time, what if we did a grand opening party that was a uh, costume party or a Halloween yeah. party? Um, we'll dress up as pugs. <laughs> yes. If you dress up as pugs, you get to eat for free. Okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> it is um, You might be the only ones dressed up, because <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, the the um, PR was like, that might not be the best idea. But we're still going to go out for it. We're still going to do uh, what, something. What do PR people know? I don't know. I mean, think about the awesome pictures you'd get. It's true. Instagram would go crazy. Instagram would go nuts. I'll talk mm-hmm. with your PR person. I know okay. who she is. Yeah. <laughs> see who, see what we can do. Yeah. Okay. So everyone should go check out the Goodyear house when it comes. It's going to, everyone, I think it's you and Vana. You're going to be opening around the same time. And that's right. Those are, are, those are the two restaurants. I'm excited for Vana. But when I saw their timeline, I was like, damn it. It's yeah. so close to when we're going to open. <laughs> it's different concepts. Yeah. So but, different concepts, different sides of uptown. So yeah. Good. And it's going to be good. Those are the, those are the two I'm looking forward to during this uh, this half of the year. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move. We'll, we'll come back to, to Euphoria in a second. Okay. What do you think? Like, what do you see the food trends are like that's happened this year, and you see like going in the next. I don't know. Next recent future. Yeah. Um, I think Goodyear House and Vana and Paul's next project yeah. are really going to kind of sum up the food trends, I think. Um, you have chefs who are more interested in making food that comforts people and feeds people and nourishes them and satisfies them than being super progressive. Paul and Mike are way more progressive than I am. Mike is like insanely progressive. Um, but if you look at the concepts that people are opening, um, they're way more laid back. They're way more like scaled down in terms of um, just craziness on the plate and um, service. And you know, I I have not been lucky enough to to travel to the places you and Yvonne go to. And I know that some places you talk about like. Noma, you can walk in and you feel like yeah. it's completely taken care of. In the well, that, well, that's like kind of a trend. A trend um, with the higher end restaurants is the casual right. nature. Like it's not, you know. I think our parents would consider a good restaurant. You would dress up. You'd wear a suit. Right. Yeah, and it would be it had to be white tablecloth. Right, and the you know the waiters were wearing tuxedos or they were wearing suits too, right. and it's like a capital grill type of environment. Well. So we went, we went to Peppervine yeah. two weeks ago. It was fantastic. I mean, it was easily the best meal I've probably had in Charlotte in a while. Yeah. Um, they have fantastic. white tablecloths. It's white, more of a but yeah, I, I traditional. Because we looked. Oh, I you didn't went, have to do that. I know. Well, we looked online and they, they had a dress code. So I was like, oh, oh they have a dress they? code. Yeah. So um, I'll dress up. And, and that was more just because I could wear a jacket and not have to iron a shirt. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know? I've done that before. Yeah. I understand. Um, but even still, even if I hadn't dressed up, I wouldn't walk out of there saying that I felt um, 
Like, it was the best hospitality that I'd ever gotten. I think that it was insanely good food. I think the service was super professional, very, yeah. like, friendly. Um, yeah, the drinks were solid. Um, atmosphere is a little grand. Um, yeah. I would say that that's, like, the traditional... Right. When you th- like, when my parents... Like, my parents went there, and they're like, this is amazing. Because yeah. that's what they think of... It's a perfect South Park restaurant. That's, right. like, what they think of as a super nice restaurant. But I see less spots like that and I see more spots yeah. that are just like bring your kids. We've got a wood fire. Well, I think the oven for pizza. Yeah, and I think it, even from the very top ones, they're very there's very few places in the world now that require you to dress up and right. have white tablecloths even at the best restaurants like the one I want to go to really bad is Dugan, mm-hmm. even though he just shut it down for some uh uh, business reasons, <laughs> but I was just, I got obsessed with him for a little bit and I was looking at the stuff and he's, you know, everyone's wearing a t-shirt in there yeah. and they're like licking, like one of his dishes is like literally you lick the whole plate and just yeah. like how you lick it. Right. And just that's, I mean, that's obviously different than what you're doing, but just the, the idea of like going to a two Michelin star restaurant, a three Michelin star restaurant, and like lick, licking the plate. Told to lick the plate. Yeah. Right. Like that's not a traditional high right. class thing. And I, I, I think that, especially for me, like that's what I like. I like going, even, even like when you go to like a Bardo, like you don't have to dress up and go to a right. Bardo and it feels casual, but the food's amazing. And then like, I think that's what you're trying to get as like, you know, you go to the good your house, like you can go there a couple times a week, right. hang out. Like you can, the food's always going to be stellar. Yeah, and you're going to have a good time, and you're going to leave full and happy. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. That's our goal, and, and I see that as kind of the the food trends of a lot of chefs and a lot of restaurateurs now. Is um, we want to open places that aren't considered uh, date night spots, you know, or anniversary spots or something that's special. Um, yeah. I want you to come in a couple times a week and, um, you to, know, I want you to know your server's name. I want the server to know your name. You know, we, we've told, we talked a lot about our bar should have that cheers mentality where you walk in and the bartenders know who you are, what your drink is, what you do for a living. Um, because we... I don't want, want anyone to know what I do for a living. <laughs> if you share, I mean, you yeah. can tell them you're a spy if you want to or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we just want that level of engagement where the service is super warm and friendly and really gets to know our guests. Um, and that our kitchen and our uh, dining room and our staff give this extension of love and warmth that we have for hospitality. Um, we hope that our guests feel the same way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's what I, and it's hard for us as food people. Like, we want to go back to the same places, but at the same time, like, we got to try the new stuff too. So it's like a, it's an interesting balance you have to, like, yeah. And, but for a normal person, especially if it's a neighborhood, like, if you live in Noda, you can walk down the street. Right. And, yeah. Go hang out. I mean, I see Noda as a neighborhood that's just about to explode. Oh yeah, well, with, especially I mean, where you guys are. is already there doing cool stuff, and then we're we're coming in. And you've got a couple breweries, and then um, other future. Yeah, Optimus things. Hall is down the road. Yeah, right down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's cool. All right, um, Euphoria. Yeah. I'll be there Saturday. By the time you guys hear this, this will be out on Sunday, so it'll already happen. But. <laughs> 
So just to kind of give the people... <laughs> when this comes out, we'll be uh, recovering from hangovers from yeah, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Here's the first deal. Like, you texted me, and you're like, hey, I'm staying at the Renaissance or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was like, are you inviting me to stay with you? <laughs> and you're like, let me check with my wife. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Am I invited or no? Right. You can stay. Just, I mean, uh, are you Big Spoon or Little Spoon? Uh is your wife there too? Yeah, she's there too. So it's more like a I feel sandwich. like I feel like it's got to be your wife on the end, you right. in the middle and then oh, me. Okay. Yes, that's that's the best way. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best way. Is it a twin size bed or do we know the size? Um, cuz we don't need queens too big, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we can get cozy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. So so tell people kind of what Euphoria is cuz I think a lot of people know about so Charleston Food and Wine is right. a big um would you call it a food festival or a food conference? It's definitely a festival. Um, I mean, Charleston is a party. Charleston yeah. is a party. This and it's guy. one of the it's biggest ones in the country. Charleston is, yeah. yeah. And um, so I've done it. Atlanta Food and Wine was the first festival I ever did. And that was the year we opened Asbury. I was invited to go down there and do that. And then did Charleston a few years. And then got invited to do Euphoria. And the first year, it was a drive-in, drive-out. Like, I had a Saturday um, early afternoon um, tasting tent kind of thing. So we literally drove down there, did the event. I think we went to dinner that night and drove home. Um, And I was like, okay, it's kind of a little rinky-dink festival. It's not really that cool compared to Charleston. Um, Got invited to go back the next year and stayed overnight. And, and, And so we really had a chance to explore. And that Euphoria Greenville is, that is my favorite festival to do now i i love that festival um because it so greenville's the home of michelin right in the u.s right so they're able to michelin, invite, that's a michelin guide yeah they're they, they get michelin star chefs yeah to come do dinners and do events and um and hang out in that small city for a weekend um it's a beautiful downtown you know they've got the the river that runs right through it um it's the people are just so warm and friendly um they they do it right from a festival perspective in that they put up the chefs and hotels. They reimburse for travel expenses um, while you're there. Um, so Lexus is a big sponsor for it. So they have Lexus cars from the dealership. Oh, do we get to shuttles. crash a Lexus t- that Saturday? You're with me. You, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so you call, and they, the shuttle comes to pick you up and takes you to your next event. Or oh, that's awesome. Or if you go out afterwards, they'll come pick you up until a certain... Oh, you know, that's good. You know, yeah, I will have to hang out with yeah. you. Um, I still haven't decided if I'm staying over the night, but I'm pretty sure I am. Okay. Third spin. I feel like I have to. Yeah. I mean, I might get my own room. Okay. Well. Might. Whatever. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what, how the night goes. Yeah. But it's just Maybe your wife and I, we hit it off, and she's sense. like, would you like to spoon? Yeah. But Chris has to be in the middle. Yeah. I'm like, I, I thought you'd never ask. We'll see. <laughs> uh, okay. So describe. So you're doing a couple events. Right. So Friday, I'm doing the Taste of the South event, which is... Um, Kind of a more traditional festival setup where there's uh, tables and each chef has a, a table or a tasting you know, booth kind of thing. Um, I think it's 700 people come to it. There's a band every year. Uh, I'm not sure who the band is this year. Last year, it was the guitarist from Hootie and the Blowfish. It was like his band, which they were actually pretty good. Um, so there's music and there's booze and there's a ton of food and... Um, Lots of cool people 
hanging out. Um, because of the Michelin, um, you know, kind of aspect of the festival, um, you get national food writers there. So, you know, we were meeting people from New York and from L.A. and Chicago and stuff who had flown into Greenville, South Carolina to cover this festival. So you're saying where you have competition. Which is really cool, you know. Yeah, probably so. I mean, I don't think Sky and Penguin yeah. is going to be... Pete Wells, you're going down. The biggest thing uh, there. But, um, <laughs> but it's cool because you get to meet people that you wouldn't necessarily yeah. have access to. Um, so I'm doing that on Friday. Um, and so all those people that I just mentioned will be at that event Friday. Saturday is a dinner, and it's the Grillin' on the Green dinner. It's sponsored by Big Green Egg. That's the one that um, I'll be at. And if you want to come, yeah. And you should yesterday. all come. Yesterday, <laughs> you should all go back in time. We're gonna post it on the Instagram. I'm going with my coworker, ex coworker, because she quit. She might come back though. You never know. Okay. Um, but yeah, Yvonne is at a bachelorette party. At she's going to Hello Sailor. She's. <laughs> gonna miss out she's gonna miss out so it's yeah, gonna be me and uh, my friend lauren who mm-hmm. lives in greenville now and we're gonna be there so tell yeah. us so grilling on the green grill on the green is it's, uh it's, myself shy uh farjian from yeah. Yafo, uh ashley boyd from 300 yeah. who's actually gonna do a pastry for the event yeah um, which is exciting um laney is gonna be there not cooking but just hanging out yeah nice um which i'm excited about daniel doyle who up until last week was the chef and part owner of Pugins in Charleston. Yeah. Last week he quit. So <laughs> he's still doing the dinner um, and representing Pugins, but. Um, Strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Um, and then uh, Nick Leahy from Atlanta. Um, so it's a really stellar lineup. So, I've like, with all it's those like three Charlotte people and these two outsiders. Yeah. Are you going to, like, are you going to haze them? Is there going to be Probably. some? Yeah, well. We'll take over the event. We'll be like, y'all just sit in the corner. Yeah. And we'll take over there to courses. Uh, so what are you, what are you making for the, what's your course? Um, so, okay. So the sponsors for the, um, the event are Big Green Egg, Springer Mountain Chicken, and Certified Angus Beef. So they had asked for three of us to do something with chicken and two to do something with beef. And I was like, that's a lot of, that's a lot. I'm a, I love, I'm a meat eater, but that's a lot yeah. of protein. Um, so I asked if I could do a uh, vegetable salad that had a um, schmaltz and lemon dressing. Schmaltz. So I'm doing a Very market, Jewish. Yeah, salad of market veggies um, with marinated uno alla volta feta, some pickled ahi dolce peppers, and a schmaltz and lemon dressing. Oh, exciting. So, uh, veggies are going to be whatever I can get um, on Thursday from Fresh List. So probably corn, peppers, tomatoes, eggplant, okra. All kind of cooked in various ways. Maybe some uh, squashes, like hard squashes, cooked on the grill on the Big Green Egg because it's a Big Green Egg event. Um, and then, like, uh, Shy is doing a play on a beef wellington with, like, oh. a Chateaubriand and um, Greek, like, phyllo. I love a beef wellington. Yeah. Very underrated. Right. This is going to be a more decomposed thing. And in, instead of, like, the... Um, the duxelle that's in there he's doing like a spanakopita kind of thing so i think it's gonna be delicious um ashley is doing a warm cinnamon bun baked on the uh, grill with like figs so that should be delicious Mm. nick is doing 
a chicken liver pate, and then Dan Doyle is doing like a chicken perlou. So, so how many people? Good food. How many people are? Two hundred. Oh, so it's pretty big. Before. Is it like? Is it? A big table, or is it? Yeah, I think it's going to be giant farmhouse. Oh, that'll be cool. Tables. So, as this is my first festival, I'm a festival. Your first festival ever? Yeah, you picked a good one. I don't know if I've ever been to another festival. It's a good one. I was a nerd. They didn't. (laughs) They didn't let me go to festivals. I've been to the Star Wars convention. Does that mean I did go to Space Camp? That's kind of a festival. Um, But anyway, so what? What should I be aware of? Should I? Obviously, I've been invited by you and some people to go out after. Right. So I can't. I, you know, you can't go too hard. Can't go too hard. Festival etiquette um, number one: wear um, clothing that you're okay sweating in. Okay. So. So a wife beater. Yes. Okay, I got it. Um, I like swim trunks. Yeah. Because they're made to get wet. Yeah. So if we jump in the river. Yeah, that's true. Later. That's true. I'll be it's ready. like dual purpose. It's like you're. Okay. Ready Crocs, to yes or no? Um, only if they're orange. Okay. Like, We're going near Clemson. I was going to make a, a Mario Batali joke, but yeah. too soon. <laughs> too <probably>. soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> Will Mario Batali be there? I don't think so. Because I'll have to tell Lauren to like yeah. watch out. Right. Um, <laughs> um, no, so, and then don't go too hard. Um, people always do that. You crash the bar at, at like the events and stuff. Um, because so, a lot of times, like the it's sponsored by an alcohol company, so it's free. So people crash it because they're like, yes, but then you know you're, you don't realize you're going to be there for a couple hours. Yeah. And by so the what, end of it, so so what are we doing after? Is there a plan? Do we? There will be an after party. I'm not sure exactly where it's at yet, but so it's like someone just party. is going to touch you. You just you can't yeah. let me. You can't I'll leave you. me hanging. I won't let you. I won't. Let you I don't want to be like in the middle of Dreamville being like. Right. Where am I? Yeah, no, we won't leave you. All the cool people. I'm with like the shitty Atlanta chefs. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be with them. Yeah, be like, where are you from, Atlanta? Jesus Christ, Chris. <laughs> last year we went. To, last year we went to the after party, and um, we were the first ones there, so we were pretty lame. Uh, we were like, ah, oh, this party is this party blows, and we were like standing around for a while, and then finally, like. Everyone showed up, and it got kind of fun. But so who, who's, like, the most famous person that you've met at one of these things? Um, like is there going to be cool? Should, I haven't met him, but I... Should I bring I, an autograph book? Yes. Okay, um, cool. Probably so. If it's, like, Disney-themed or Universal Studios yeah, Hollywood, exactly. then That's be what I'm, like, the best, I think. Like, a neon from, like, the 80s. Like, I could get I Donald Duck. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. I'd get Donald Duck, and then, like, who else should I be looking right. for? So, um... I briefly met Curtis Duffy a couple years ago, which was kind of cool. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not like a starstruck guy. Honestly. I wonder. So I think. And, um, I want to talk to some of the writers. I'm excited right. about meeting. Yeah. Uh, if Jen Rice is there, I'll introduce you to her. I think she'll be there. She's a lot of fun. And who, who um, is she? She does a lot of stuff with um, Bon Appetit and. Oh. Um, a little bit with food and wine and some travel magazines and stuff, um, but she's based out of Durham. Um, she just cool. moved from Wyoming to Durham. Um, as you do? As, as one does. Probably not a big um, food scene in Wyoming. Right. Well, she's in Jackson Hole, which I think is pretty decent. Yeah, they but, do have some stuff um, But she's a lot of fun. Last year we were drinking. There was a bar from Raleigh there that was making these gin drinks out of 
um, honey bears, like the plastic bottles that are shaped oh, like yes. bears. So it was like a what? honey and gin drink they were serving. That sounds delicious. Honey bears. I love honey. And so me and Jen and my wife Ashley and Clark Barlow drank a ton of honey bear drinks last week, <laughs> last year. So um, probably won't go that hard this year because <laughs> that was really bad. What um, what other Charlotte chefs are going that we didn't mention? Uh, Mike Long from Asbury will be there doing the same Taste of the South event that I'm doing. Um, the opening night is Thursday, and it's a um, songwriter's dinner because it's also a music festival. Um, and Clark from Heirloom and Bruce Moffat will be there doing that one. Um, and then that might be it. So Clark and Bruce... Me and Mike on well, Friday, I think, um, and then me, Shy, and Ashley. I think Rob oh, and from Rob the Porterhouse is, yeah, Rob got is asked doing... to do the brunch on Sunday. Yeah. So Rob so is doing the I was thinking about signing up for Sunday. that. It's fun. That's a fun event. If I end up staying out, if I get invited right. over, you know. Right. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone, I will report back, but we'll be posting it. Obviously, I'll be Instagram storying it, and I'm going to post this week, too, because I think the ticket, it was 110 bucks. I don't even know. It was something around It was free there. for me, but I have to bring my own food. Well, that's good. So. Uh, well, at least you get to, at least you get a Lexus out True. of it. And, uh, and I mean, I don't get to come home with one. Yeah, but I mean. Unless, like, I steal it. Okay, here, okay. So how, you think we could steal it, just start driving to Mexico. How far do you think we could get with the Lexus? Uh, is it worth ruining your life over? Like, uh, how how uh, deep are you not. in on this good uh, year uh, thing? Is it going to work I'm out? Pretty, it's going to work out, okay. I think. Okay. It's not yeah. worth a Lexus. Probably not. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll think about it for Saturday. Okay. Um, what else do we need to talk about? I don't know. Panthers started playing. They look crappy. Let's not talk about the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I wanted to ask you about the fish camp saga with um, what did you think about Sweet Lou saying he wants to open up a fish camp? I'm all in uh, for Sweet So Lewis and I have talked, had multiple conversations about this. Because um, when he said that, I was thinking like, oh, battle, Chris is going to be. Battle of the fish camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I told Lewis because uh, he came over to see Goodyear and he's been my kind of barbecue sensei as I've been testing out. Um, the beef ribs and stuff. And um, I'm so super excited to have him like two minutes down the road from the restaurant. Um, I mean, I'm going to eat a lot of meat. I already have eaten a lot of meat just going over there to pick his brain on stuff. But um, so we talked about me growing up in Mississippi last time or doing a little bit of summers in Mississippi. And there was a fish camp down there that was open Thursday, Friday, Saturday only. Uh, dinner only. And I told Lewis, I want to open that. Like I would love to. And like, I don't know, somewhere in Charlotte or one of the communities around Charlotte, um, open up something that was super simple. Like that's my, you know, going into the sunset of my career kind of phase (laughs) where, you know, I can just, you know, open something that's open three days a week and, uh, fry fish and, you know. It'd have to be in a suburb because the right. rent can right. do a three-day thing. Yeah. But it definitely could work. It'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. I like it. Um, now I'm super excited for, for Lewis if he goes down that path. Yeah. I'll support him. I think he's got some other things in the works in he does. between there. but <laughs> <laughs> He does. He, he, yeah, he's looking for some 
hopefully something near me, which I'd be very excited about. We need we need some stuff down in the south area. Like Kingsley, we've got a couple places. Got Blakeney. No, we're not anywhere near Blakeney. No, I, I, it's all south of Uptown, so it's the same to me. No, we're we're in Rock Rock Hill. <laughs> right. We just have the clubhouse. Justin Beaver. <laughs> Justin Beaver. <laughs> you have to come down. Okay, yeah. so. Um, what's a couple of meals you've had as you've been doing this taste testing around mm-hmm. town, you've been doing, you've been posting a lot of great things. Yeah, I've been eating a lot. So what, what are some of like the highlights that you've had over the last month or two when you've, cause so at Stoke, you were working like, you know, you were just at Stoke. It's hard to get right. out on right. the town. Right. And now you've got like this kind of lull where, you yeah. know, you're doing a lot of cooking and stuff, but like, this is the time for you to see yeah. the world and then it's you're going nice. to go in your hole. Right. It's been nice. So like since I started with Goodyear, August uh, 1st, um, you know, there's been a lot of work with like testing, like testing my own menu and planning menu and writing, you know, server manuals and cook manuals and setting up, you know, interviews and all the stuff that one does when they open a restaurant. Um, but I've been working like a lot of banker hours. Uh, so Monday through Friday, you know, usually wrapping up by five o'clock or, or six is the latest, going home and hanging out with the family and kids, maybe getting on the computer, doing a little bit of work at night. But um, we've gotten to eat a lot and I've gotten to cook a lot for my family, which has been fun. Um, so, so talk about some places you've been where so you're like, the oh. pimento cheese scones at Peppervine. Yes. Love those. Changed my life. Those things are delicious. <laughs> and... The um, they had a bacalao croquette the night that we went that was fantastic. So I don't think they had that. Um, Pepper vine was, was very good. good. Yeah. It'll make our top. It'll be in the top ten. Yeah. Um, where else have I eaten? Uh, I had I had Lewis's beef ribs. Yeah, insane, fantastic, insane. insane. Um, he only does yeah. those Saturdays, right? They're very good, and right. he has he has bacon, which he doesn't make that much, but it's freaking delicious. If yeah. you can get a get in there on that, yeah, I need to have him make me some or get in there on that. Yeah, um, we, my wife and I went to NC Red for our anniversary back in August, uh-huh. and what'd you think? That was very good. What'd you get there? Um, we got a lot of stuff there. We uh, um, we sat at the bar. We got the. Um, pimento cheese tomato pie that they were doing mm-hmm. that was very good um, the fried chicken did you get the hot one the natural hot we didn't we just got like a, a whole fried chicken um, so like platter so thing. are you, when you do your fried chicken and do your house mm-hmm. are you gonna go like the hot route are you gonna do a regular route what are you thinking kind of a hybrid almost like regular but then there's this like hot honey um, oh. That, love drizzle, that. that you kind of drizzle over it. So, um, and we're talking about right now doing that just one day a week. So it's like that's if you want our fried. So chicken you're going to have kind of like what Lewis does. Like he has a special. Like you know, right. Saturdays are beef ribs. Right. Sunday's fried chicken. So you're yeah. going to do kind of the similar. Yeah. Thing. So we're going to do a similar kind of thing. I, I I had a fried chicken on the first menu, and then I was like, you know what? We're five doors down from Aberdish, and their fried chicken is really good. So yeah. it would be. Um, kind of ballsy of us to try to say like our fresh we have the best fried chicken in the neighborhood although i think ours is it's going to be very very good and yeah um 
not toot my own horn, but I think it's going to be better toot than toot. haberdashes. But um, oh, at the same time, is that a fried chicken throwdown? It's not a throwdown. <laughs> it's not a throwdown. Chris Coleman um, says, but you know, I got quoted by saying that Kindred was overrated. Yes, and the Charlotte Jenna sucks. I got quoted in the Charlotte Business. You did big time. Yeah, big time. Charlotte Business Insider. Newsletter? <laughs> it's like a memo. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like a footnote, like in the water yeah. trials. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, local blogger so calls you, out Charlotte so, Agenda. So you might get uh, Chris yeah. Coleman. Yeah, throw down. <laughs> throw down habit. Challenging everyone in town on their fried chicken game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about doing some things that are going to be, that allow us to have some fun and... Um, you know, do different dishes that we don't necessarily want to put on our menu, um, but also have that kind of fun neighborhood thing where it's like, you know, there's a spot in my neighborhood, and I live up Mountain Island Lake, um, but there's a spot up there that um, is a neighborhood classic. It's been around for 25 years, and they serve, uh, they do chicken wings on Mondays, and their chicken wings are phenomenal. So we go there a lot of times on Mondays just for that. So we know we're going there. So we want Goodyear to be that same kind of place where yeah. if you want good fried chicken, you go on Thursday. If you want good, you know, good trivia night, then you thoughts. go on Friday or something. I don't think we're going to do that far, okay. at least right out the gate. But, um, stallion pancake trivia night. Yes. This episode 45. Who was the guest? I think I think we'll get a lot of people there. No we'll idea. work on it. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I'm very excited. I'm excited for the Goodyear House. Yeah, it's gonna be, be fun. It's gonna be cool. Okay, lunch and dinner. Well, seven days a week. Seven days a week, baby. Seven days Eight a days a week. Yeah. Um, what? So if there was, like, I'm not even say a restaurant, but if there was. One place you could travel in the world to like get inspiration on food. Where would you want to go? Mm. Right now, uh, top of my bucket list is um, like Eastern Africa. Like Eastern Africa. Wow! Did yeah. not see that I didn't coming. See that one coming, did you? But um, like Somalia, like Eritrea, Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Interesting. Yeah. Why? It's a hodgepodge of food over there too. So Eritrea, Ethiopia were. Um, Italian colonies. You don't hear a lot about Italian colonies. Well, they're, um, and they're like, there's yeah. Ethiopian Jews. It's like yeah. weird so, place um, there. This is partially inspired by my love of um, three women that I worked with at, at Marriott um, who were from Ethiopia and Eritrea. And they were just like such joys to be around. And when they would do staff meal, their food was so phenomenally good um, that I'm like, I want to go back and see kind of where they came from. Um, that's right now. I'm also, uh, I want to go to Northern Mexico, um, yeah. you know, and eat and just kind of submerse myself. We're in, going to Mexico in November. Yeah. Not really Northern. We're going to uh, Mexico City and uh, Puerto Vallarta. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Um, Very excited. That that's like, Mexico is like the hot culinary destination now in the yeah. world, yeah. really. Well, they got some good stuff down there. Yeah, and they've got all this. <laughs> and it's like, and people, I think, just like maybe people are starting to discover the South has different regions, like Mexico has a ton of different regions. Yeah. Um, and the cuisine varies from region to region. So there's so much to explore and, and kind of see and do. Um, 
you know, I haven't done the whole like Nordic cooking thing, Norway, Sweden, you know, Copenhagen, Denmark, whatever. Um, so that'd be fun. I don't know. I just want to travel, but I have an eight year old and a four year old. So got to wait till they get a little older. Right. But once they get, I feel like the eight year old, he would love it. Take it. Yeah. Luke would love it. Yeah. He'd be all in it. My four year old would just ask if everyone does chicken nuggets and yogurt. Yeah. You got to wait till he gets a little bit. (laughs) Until he gets to to at least till eight. Right. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. So what's the best thing you ate this week? Mm. I don't know if you came prepared. Um, Thursday, I smoked beef ribs. I'm going to edit that out and say you smoked. (laughs) On um, (laughs) my big green egg at home. And it was. Did you get a big green egg for free since you're doing this uh, thing? I I won't comment on (laughs) that. Uh, Wink, wink. Um, But I smoked a big green egg. I smoked uh, beef ribs on a big green egg, and they were really good for my first time doing them. so, okay, what makes a bean, big green egg special? Because people talk about it. I'm still figuring it out, honestly, uh, what, what makes it so special. It's, it's thicker. Uh, the walls are really thick. I mean, ceramic, um, so it holds heat really well. Um, so the amount of charcoal or wood that you would put in one um, versus, like, you can put the same amount of charcoal in that as, like, a charcoal grill but it'll last like twice as long because it retains heat really well. So like I smoked the ribs over some um, lump, like hickory charcoal and um, some applewood chips thrown in there. Um, And they were on that egg for like six hours. And it wasn't a ton of charcoal that I put in there. And I never had to like reload it or anything. Um, So it just retains heat really well. Like it's really hot too. So great for like pizzas and stuff. I mean, I got that grill up to like 850 or 900 one time. So that's great for pizza. Um, yeah. And they're kind of fun. They're cool to look at because they're green and <laughs> egg-shaped. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wonder why they named it that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's the best thing you ate? I cut you off. The ribs. The ribs that you the, made? The ribs that I smoked myself. They looked very good. They were good, and I was hoping to bring you a piece, and I didn't. Because you ate them all? We ate them all. I don't, blame you. I don't groups. blame you. I don't blame you. That's a groups. good sign. That means they were good. They were very good. Uh, or you don't feed your family ever, and they were very hungry. <laughs> that's very Could hungry. be either way. Extremely malnourished. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like as a chef, that's probably not the way it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have to think about mine. You didn't come prepared. Oh, shit. I got two today. Um, I did go to... Uh, so I went. we went to the Stanley again. Mm-hmm. You have, have you had the Stanley Burger? I haven't. The Stanley Burger is very good. You have to go try it. Because he, does a, yes, he puts the foie gras right. and the ribeye together. And the right. foie gras just like, it's it's so perfect. Indulgent and yeah, like, and then he puts, then he puts truffles so on top. Yeah, yeah. It's just like... How could it not be good? Yeah, how could it not be how good? How could it not be good? Um, and, but they have a watermelon, and I talked about it on the podcast, but they had a ricotta watermelon walnut dessert mm. that was so delicious. One of the best desserts in town. Um, there, Bardo has a new grape dessert, which is very, and I kind of see the trend of this is like not a super sweet dessert. Yeah. So it's the best kind of getting away from that, which I'm, I'm a chocolate man myself, okay. but, but I do like, I like a, a non-sweet 
So, but then I also went to dot 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 this week because I had to do reconnaissance for our next guest who's coming up, and he did. And I'd actually like to ask you about this. So, um, he he did a waffle that and foie gras together, mm-hmm. and kind of like his play on chicken and waffles, but kind of uh, introduction because he wanted to like kind of show people like what foie is without could be yeah. So my question to you is, like, for me it would be very frustrating to like as a chef and like you know what you're doing and you're trying to cook all these fun things and then like the public just doesn't quite understand it or like they're like no i'd rather just have my kind of what you talked about last time like where's the burger on this menu right situation right um i think that I mean, I think that Charlotte diners are evolving and growing as our city evolves and grows and yeah. um, are willing to trust the chef a little bit more. It can get frustrating. Um, I was doing some, I wouldn't say, it wasn't nearly as progressive as like what Mike's doing at Bardo right now, but yeah. I was doing some fairly progressive stuff at Asbury and um, when we opened that and a lot of times people didn't, get it or they wouldn't know what to order because it all seemed foreign to them. Um, so how do you think we educate? Cause I think that's one of the big things I'm trying to do now. It's like, how do we educate the public that is it just, we just keep hounding them yeah, keep posting on Instagram, these things and why it's good. Or? I think the, the more great restaurants and chefs that open in town, um, you know, as these, chefs are opening restaurants or even like outposts of their restaurants in Asheville or Atlanta or wherever in, in Charlotte, um, people are going to start to say, okay, this is, this is the thing. And I think that people are more interested in ever than food over the last 10 years. Yep. Um, you know, so much so that they can start blogs Why do you think that and is? podcasts about food, right? And people will listen and read. Why do you think um, that is? We all have to eat. It's like a, uh, and food itself, and sometimes I hate this, but I also realize that it's why I get to do what I get to do, but food is, has become entertainment, and it's become something that you can do just like going to the movies, you're going to a concert, you can talk about, you can go to a, a restaurant and talk about great restaurants, and for a lot of people, you know, that is what excites them and turns them on, and as much as that, well, as much as that frustrates me at times that food has become entertainment um, because that gives rise to the Yelpers of the world, um, it also is the reason that I'm allowed to do what I want to do. So why do you think it's bad? Why do you say Yelpers? Um, no, man, we're, we're opening up a, a Pandora's yeah. box here. Uh, Don't worry, we have... <laughs> usually, the what's the best minutes. thing you ate all week is the yeah. last thing. Um, Sometimes it morphs. So this is um, Scallion Pancake Podcast, Deep Cuts. Yeah, Deep Welcome Cuts. Welcome to Deep Cuts. <laughs> Welcome to Deep Cuts. With your host, Chris Coleman. <laughs> My special guest this week is Jason Ackerman. Hi, it's me. Um, I think that um, Yelp, Open Table Reviews, Google Reviews are good for... Um, or the idea behind them is good for getting a sense of a restaurant. Um, I think what, um, where they do more 
harm than good is when the most ignorant and um, uneducated voices become the loudest voices. Yeah. So, and a lot of times that's that's the case. So, if you're a fan of a restaurant, you're probably not, unless you're a diehard devotee fan of that restaurant, you're probably not going on their Yelp page to give them a five-star review. You're probably just going to continue to go eat there, and as you should. If you go to a restaurant and you have a really bad experience and you don't know any better, then you're going to get on Yelp before you even like get your check and yeah. write a bad review. So what happens is when, you know, um, you know, Joe Smith says, where do I want to eat? And pulls Big up. Big fan of Joe Smith. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy, but you know, he's a little ignorant and a little uneducated. Yeah. uneducated. Um, but when he pulls up Yelp to see where he wants to go eat and he says, well, I've heard great things about this spot, but man, these Yelp reviews are terrible. Yeah. The people who love it aren't writing reviews, so they're not outweighing the bad yeah, ones. I agree. It, well, it, and it's just, that's why Yelp, it was interesting because when we had Winnie on a couple of weeks ago, she said like Yelp is where she goes to look. And I mean, I haven't been on Yelp in right. years because I just, like you said, it's just not, it, it, we, we need to figure it because the idea of the review is a good idea yeah. in, in concept, which is, you know, we're sourcing out to the public and they're going to tell us if it's good or bad. But the problem is, is when you're uneducated, it's like, having everyone's a historian but no one studied history <laughs> right exactly <laughs> so, so like yeah. you know people who don't know anything about food or the history behind it or what you're trying to do like yeah. like for instance when you're talking about like this dish on the menu is an homage to this and like if you know like what like if i go to a restaurant like yours and i see like okay this is a play on like that and that and you can see like what you're trying right. to do and there's a story behind everything because you're a, you're a thoughtful and good chef and like I want to hear from those people. Like I want to hear from people who not necessarily, I wouldn't say no, because I don't know anything about like actual cooking. Like (laughs) you can, (laughs) but you know, but you know and appreciate and respect. Yeah. But I know something's good or bad and understand why things are going that way. And I, and there's just not enough of us out there kind of just, just like none of the newspapers have reviewers anymore. Right. And uh, and the reason they don't have reviews anymore is because of Yelp. Yeah, you know why? Well, pay? it was all about getting. It was all about getting there first. Yeah. So like that's what you see with the Charlotte agenda. It's all about like, good your house is opening in four weeks, yeah. and it's not. It's like the food's good, but like why is it good or why is it bad? Like what was he trying to do that he didn't get right? Right. And I can definitely like that's what frustrates Ivan and I talk about all that all the time. That's what frustrates us about the Charlotte food scene is just we need we need we need more people who understand food and like will go out and explain why why like Bardo is good and why like it, it's okay to play, pay $20 for a small plate because this is what you're getting. Right. And even like Yvonne struggles with that. It's like, you know, you're getting really top ingredients and like all this time and effort goes into this dish. Yeah. And like, that's what you're paying for in that. Well, it's not even just the time and ingredients that go into the dish either. It's all the stuff that led up to that. I mean, you know, you're going to pay $20 for a good small plate at a place like Bardo or Stanley or yeah. Kindred. Um, because they're sourcing, number one, they're beautiful restaurants. Yeah. And beautiful restaurants are expensive to build, as yep. I'm finding out 
um, <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, um, number two, those beautiful restaurants employ a lot of people, and they try to pay their employees yep. a decent wage um, so that their employees can go home and support their families, support their families, and and do this as a profession. Um, number three, they're buying ingredients from local farmers who, um, you know, also newsflash want to support their families, uh, but also newsflash own a lot of land, which is expensive. And farming is expensive. The um, the water alone, you know, if uh, you know, we don't get a lot of rain, you know, for for weeks at a time here in the Charlotte area, they have to water their plants themselves instead of Mother Nature doing that job. That's expensive. They have to feed those plants. They have to do all that stuff, and that's expensive. Um, so you're paying. And Chris at PCG. Did a dinner that I was not able Chris to read. Yeah, I wasn't able to participate in, and I hated that I had to back out of it. Um, where it was the price of the plate, yeah. and you saw exactly what went into the plate that you had in front of you. I mean, restaurant margins are yeah, so, so slim. small. You know, you hope to make five to six percent um, profit <laughs> off of top line revenues. If you can make, you know, the old model was ten. If you can make ten now, you're probably crushing it. Um, yeah, there's very few restaurants right now I can think of off the top of my head that are probably making 10 or higher. Um, but things have gotten expensive. And diners sometimes, and if they're diners like you and probably everyone who listens to this pod, they're okay paying it. Yeah. But if they're the other 98% of Charlotte... I um, wish we had two percent yeah, of you know, listening to us. I'm just saying, like we'd that's have, the we have so we have sponsors. That's um, the demographics of of yeah people who appreciate. But what do you? Food. So how do you think we educate the rest of the 98? percent I don't I don't think that it's something that we can forcefully do. I think it's something that just is going to have to happen. And I think you know, it's Charlotte's probably not alone in that. I think that, no, it's every know, it's the New York great great food city. But there's people LA, in New York who don't city. get it either, right? and that's what my point is is that yeah. there's a lot of New Yorkers who are really into food but if you look at the ratio of those people to the rest of people who live in New York it's probably equal yeah to there's Charlotte. a reason why there's a TGI Fridays in Times Square right <laughs> right you know I mean LA is the hottest food scene in, in the country right now but I guarantee you you know 75 80 95 percent of people who live out there probably have no idea yeah so is this really a thing where we have to educate the public or we just have to hope that people who do appreciate it will continue to appreciate it and will continue I think to it's come both because I mean we us. have to have more sustainable food sources and support the local farmers and yeah so I think it's both I mean cuz it's definitely changing I mean even I mean our generation like my parents generation food was just looked at differently yeah and it's and it's changing so here's the um Sorry, I know we're probably trying to. No, wrap no, up, you're but good. Here, here's the here's the thing that this is I when find, it's good. We're just going to cut the first hour. Yeah, here's the thing that I find is, um, you know, as we progress as a scene in the next five years, is you've got chefs at every single level, um, from the super high end um, traditional restaurants like Pepper Vine um, to progressive spots like Bardo and. Um, and Stanley and Kindred and, you know, to your, like, stalwarts like Halcyon and Mimosa, yeah. um, to your neighborhood spots like Goodyear House, Haberdish, 
Um, Soul Gastro Lounge, I would say, is even probably a neighborhood spot. But you've got chefs of all these places want to source the best ingredients we can. So we're all buying from the same farmers, and, um, and that's good for the farmers. Um, but the chefs or menu prices at Peppervine can absorb some of that. Menu prices at um, your neighborhood spots that are sourcing locally have to be higher than menu prices at your other neighborhood spots that aren't sourcing locally. Um, so how does how do Charlotte diners react to that? Um, you know, the hope. I mean, I'm opening a restaurant in a neighborhood um, at what I consider affordable prices. Hopefully, people will come in and realize the value they're getting, even if the burger is $12, you know, and Brooks is right around the corner and makes a damn good burger, but it's way less than $12. Um, I hope that the same people will be able to appreciate both, um, you know, because otherwise that, that creates a huge problem for the Charlotte dining thing and the, and the bubble is going to burst because rent's going up, ingredients are expensive. Yeah. We want to do it the right way, but we also want to serve you everybody have to make money. and be affordable and approachable. So. Yep. Can't, can't stay open if yeah. you're not making money. Deep thoughts by Jack Handy. <laughs> <laughs> this was good. That's how I need. I need to just warm people up for 45 minutes, then we're yeah. good. And then we're gold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, thank you, Chris. You're welcome. What a great... Uh, I'll see you this weekend. We're going to be doing some partying, yes. maybe drinking some gin out of a honey suckle thing. Yeah. Um, so tell us where we can find Goodyear House on the internet. Um, we have, uh, we're on Instagram. Um, we are on Facebook. We will have a website soon, but it'll be GoodyearHouse.com. And uh, make sure that you follow at, is it at Chef Coleman? At Chef C. Coleman. At on Chef Instagram. C. Coleman. Great follow. A lot of, lot it's of, a lot of family, and it's a lot of, a lot food. of family. But you, you, you do some funny comments, which I like. <laughs> I like the fun comments. <laughs> So if you comment to Chef Coleman, he will comment back, and it'll probably all be funny. Yeah. So that's all you need to know. Um, everyone have a great week. We're going to have another guest next week, which I'm about to record. Uh, so that'll be two weeks in the future, and I might not even be alive then after Euphoria. So we'll see. I might be. It, we'll report back on the spoon situation. Yes. You, everyone, hold your breath. Spoon.